talking with Joey Absey. Now, Joey created his own scanner. Well, let me back that one up a little bit and say Joey used hardware that's freely available, some software-defined radios, a Raspberry Pi, um, engineered a on-off switch and also an amplified circuit, and he also 3D printed his own case. But that's Rev4 of what he accomplished. Joey and I talked today about the different upgrades and the trials and errors and all this other stuff that comes along with building your own piece of gear. And this is something that any one of you can do at home as well. It's very simple. It's a res, like I said, it's Raspberry Pi. It's free software. It's a little bit of time invested into it, but in the end, he has a very affordable P25 scanner that will work in simulcast environments, and he's able to take with him in the car if he wants to. So let's get on to our conversation with Joey Absey, and let's take a look at what it was that he built. Hey, Joe, thank you very much for finally uh, getting here on the podcast. It's it's a pleasure to, to finally have you on here. Well, th- th- it's a pleasure for me as well, and for uh, for the for the people that are listening to uh, to what we're about to talk. Yeah, I'm really excited about this one. In fact, just before we started recording, uh, you mentioned that we kind of started touching base about three years ago on this exactly. whole project you've been working on. So I'm, I'm really excited to have you on here and to share, but before we get into what it is that, uh, that you've got going on over there, uh, just tell us really quickly about yourself. Yeah. For uh, well, hi everybody. My name is Joey. Apsi. I'm a, uh, an electrical engineering student at Polytechnique Montréal. I mainly study in, in French. This is why I may have an accent or, but um, yeah, I'm a second year uh, in the undergraduate program, and uh, I will re- I really like uh, te- telecoms. And uh, for, for the past uh, for the past three years, uh, I have been working on a project, which is a radio scanner based on OP25. So it's to monitor P25 trunked uh, communication system, and and it's to yeah so uh to my to monitor them and uh have a mobile version that uh, that can sit in the car and is uh it's like a, a scanner basically so that's great so you're you're a student you're you're a young guy uh you said you're from montreal that's where you said yeah, you were yeah montreal canada it's in the nice. province of quebec so yeah mm-hmm. we we speak french over there and uh yeah so from uh, montreal canada very nice. I've been to Canada a few times. Very, very nice country up there. I took a cruise up to, uh, you know, Nova Scotia and that whole that whole eastern seaboard over there. And uh, where I went to school, we were right on the other side of the St. Lawrence River. So I could tell you how to get into Canada. But at that age, I couldn't tell you how to come back into New York. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, a lot of a lot of late nights in Canada. So you guys certainly know how to how to welcome in. You know, and throw a good party or two. So, 
Yeah, yeah. So this uh, little project you're working on, I mean, this is, I mean, you've you've you started it a couple of years ago, right? And then exactly. it's it's morphed through several different versions of this thing. So mm -hmm. down to the actual nuts and bolts. Uh, well, before we get the nuts and bolts, tell us exactly what you can do with your homebrew scanner. Yeah, so I have it just right here. This nice. is like the 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 this is the scanner that I have built. Mm -hmm. And um, so basically what it does, it's uh, it's based on OP25 and it's be able to monitor P25 trunk system. So uh, like, uh, let's say police or firefighters, if uh, if everything is in the clear, it's not encrypted. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so it's it's basically like a unit in 536HP or even a, a, an SDS 200. So it's it's pretty powerful for a small small little unit that I've built. Right. So you're using OP25, which allows you to do trunk P25 systems, but it's not just limited, right, to P25 trunking. You can do other other things with it, right? Exactly. Well, uh, with uh, with OP25, we can do as well DMR. I know for a fact and analog. Mm -hmm. For me, I, I only want to listen to P P25 trunk. I have uh, other radios for the other systems that I want to be able to listen to. But I know that with uh, I can install GQRX and uh, monitor other types of conversations or other types of transmissions for other use as well. Okay. So this is supplemental to other radios that you have going on there. Perfect. Exactly. So... For anybody who's listening on audio only, I mean, the case you showed was about the size of an SDS 200, um, I, I, double DIN or a DIN plus size uh, box, uh, black box, basically with a screen on the front, speaker on the top, so, and a dial right on the front of it. And, and you've mimicked the look of a traditional scanner on this one. And uh, let's talk about the hardware though. So it's running OP25, which we know is software based, right? So let's go through the radio side and we'll, we'll, we'll walk you, we'll walk through the process here. So um, the over the air interface into OP25, you using what kind of uh, receiver? I'm using an RTL SDR, a real tech software defined radio. So let's say it's like a small USB key that we plug in into a Raspberry Pi. Mm -hmm. And uh, that basically converts uh, the signal into uh, data for the computer to then uh, decode it and uh, do uh, uh, any type of signal processing and signal decoding and everything. So, say so it's yeah, it's it's a pretty pretty good uh, thing. Um, uh, the model that I'm using is um, No Elec uh, Smart. Uh, I think it's version three that I'm using. Okay. So yeah. So it's not one of the little micro SDRs using a no. regular full size stick in there. Okay. Full size, exactly. And then you've got that plugged into a Raspberry Pi. So I'm just keeping dollar signs in my head here. Yeah. Um. So figure about forty dollars or so just in the, in the RTL stick, right? Exactly. I mean, give or take Canadian to US, right? Currency change. Um. It's it's it, well in 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 the time I bought it, I'm like. I think 2018 or something. Okay. It was, uh, for me, it was uh, $34 Canadian. So, right, right. $25 okay. you guys. <laughs> yeah, they've, but, they've, gone, they've gone up in price. 
Um, and so, so that's the over the air to, to the computer, which would be the Raspberry Pi. And the Raspberry Pi, what, what flavor of Raspberry, or not flavor, but what, what version of Raspberry Pi are you running? It's a Raspberry Pi 3B. Beautiful. Uh, so that yeah. gives everybody hope out there because the fours are kind of really difficult to find. And when you can find them, they're an arm and a leg. And that's, exactly. that's no pun intended, right? <laughs> the processor, <laughs> but so so that's good. So it's running off of a three B. So um, what operating system are you running on the Raspberry Pi? Is it Raspbian, I mean, Ubuntu, or exactly? It's it's Raspbian. I just okay. use like Raspbian. It's it's pretty easy to use and uh, it it works good uh, mm -hmm. on the uh, on the Pi. Okay. Well, it's... Yeah right in the name right so but that's kind of the default operating system that when you go to raspberry pi dot so org i think it, or whatever it is exactly. that's one of the images right that they have set aside already okay exactly right so and then to get there i guess we we have to have an sd card right so how big of an sd card are you are you running that, i'm using a 30 32 gig it's a class 10 so it does any like uh, reading and uh, data writing quicker and it's uh, and it doesn't well it hasn't crashed yet so that's good but, <laughs> but uh, yeah I, I i always keep a, a copy of uh, my sd card so that in, in case it crashes or in case right. i don't know I, I do something bad about it then i always have a copy because yes i don't I, want I've to lose that. everything that i've worked on for the past <laughs> three years yes yes I, i've learned raspberry pies will um all of a sudden get creamed so to speak and uh, I've run NAS servers on Pi's. I've, I've had weather stations running on Raspberry Pi's. Um, and it always seems like at the most inconvenient time, they want to go toes up on you. Exactly. So I've got my, uh, my ADSB receiver on a, on a Raspberry Pi and I've, I've learned. So I've taken a backup copy of that image and it's full configuration and everything else. But I didn't learn that lesson until my whole flight radar thing went toes mm -hmm. up again and I had to reinstall everything from scratch. So I said, that's the last time I'm doing this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but not to scare anybody off, but just to think about it, right. The, the RTL SDR, you could use any SDR basically that, you know, exactly. RTL flavors. So whether it be the, um, the, the new elect dongle, uh, the little new elect dongle that's out there, the smart T one, I guess um, the RTL blog one, um, even an air spy mini yeah. would work in this situation here. Um, I wouldn't really go too far overboard with that and plug it in a hack RF or, you know, well, you know, actually, well, the, uh, OP 25 does support hack RF. I don't have one personally, but okay. I know that it does support it. So if any, anyone wants to, I don't know, try something that okay. they could try it. So does it support the, um, uh, the SDR Uno, uh, RSP flavor, what do they call it? the RS, uh, RSP one a. Think? Yes. Yeah. The, the play devices. So that, those things are pretty limited. I don't know if they have support into there, but um, I want to, I wouldn't want to say no, but mm -hmm. for me, as long as it acts like an RTL device on the, on the computer, then it right. should work fine. Right. Right. And again, you're looking for something that's going to fit in a box, right? So exactly. That's so, exactly <laughs> so that's I do something that's not too big. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, so an RTL stick is, is a good bet there. Um, so yeah, we're at like 40, let's just say 40, 50 bucks on the RTL stick, raspberry Pi three B. I mean, that's, that's 2018 vintage at this point or something like yeah. that. 
I so, bought it. It was uh, with tax. It was 52, 52 Canadian, so mm -hmm. maybe around 43 USD. Right. So you're sitting around 100 bucks, you know, give or take at this point. And then an SD card. I mean, it's $20 at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then well, two, actually, two, one for backup, right? <laughs> And then, um, well, you can always burn an image and save it on your computer too, if you wanted to. But yes, I mean, you'd want to at least on, on the fly there. Uh, and then you've got a speaker. So let's talk about that. How are you getting the audio off of the Raspberry Pi? What, 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 um, yeah, what hardware is well, involved there? Yeah, I'm using the, uh, the, the onboard uh, sound card of the, okay. of the Pi, and I have the audio out from the, um, from the audio jack. And then it goes to a, um, to a uh, to an external port so that if anyone if I want to do any recording with the uh, uh, of the audio then bas basically the uh, external jack cuts off the uh, signal going to the amplifier so that if I'm I'm plugging the uh, the, the scanner to uh, let's say a different sound system then the the uh, the speaker won't uh, won't allow any sounds to be amplified. Gotcha. Nice. So you've you've added a little bit of uh, engineering into exactly. it as well. That's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I like yeah. this. I like. Actually, this. actually, the 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 most challenging the most challenging part for me was to to have crystal clear audio audio because basically I've had an issue uh, with the uh, with the Pi. That for some reason there was a ground loop between the analog ground and the audio ground, so like I was getting some interference on the line, okay. on the line output, so that uh, every time I was amplifying the the signal, I got like audible interferences, which I mean the the audio really wasn't that clear and uh, it it wasn't like a, a feeling like a good scanner. So basically, okay. I did a ton of research, and um, I ended up buying a DC to DC isolator. So basically, it takes the 12-volt input that I have for the scanner, mm -hmm. and then it mod modulates it to uh, at a certain frequency. And then it goes to a, um, to a transformer with a... Uh, like a nice isolating transformer and then mm -hmm. it goes back to dc so that the the ground uh is different and there's no interference so that was the ground between the speaker and well it's the ground between the um the uh, uh powering the amplifier and the ground because oh, you, you, you have an amp on board too okay exactly uh -huh. and the ground uh powering the the pie okay so like there's two grounds so that was uh, a big issue gotcha i gotcha okay so yeah that's so you had a hum on the line or you had like digital artifacts i guess left over or is that what you were hearing or interfering i don't know it or... was like i don't or just wasn't I'm really Chris, not just... sure from, from yeah. where it was coming from, the interferences, but maybe like from the Pi or for me, it was coming from maybe from running OP25, which is really weird. I don't know why. Maybe okay. the sound card of my Pi is just bad from the start. So that may be a, a, a possible cause. All right. But uh, yeah, so 
I just isolated the ground and uh, for now everything's works works fine. I've even tried um, uh, what was it? I think it was like uh, like audio isolators or something. Okay. It it did work, but it it wasn't the best. So that gotcha. that's why I opted for the uh, DC to DC isolator. And uh, yeah, it, the part actually it wasn't that easy to find uh i i think i bought it on like digikey okay and uh yeah, the part is like cost like for me with, with shipping to canada it was like maybe 40 dollars just like a small part like this <laughs> <laughs> like it's crazy plus i yeah. had to do a small circuit to drive it okay to, so yeah <laughs> so i mean but that's that's not to scare anybody off on doing something like this, but that's all part of like the engineering. I mean, it's, it's, and it goes to prove that it's, it's yeah. It on paper, it's just an RTL stick, a raspberry Pi, a speaker. And that's all we're at right now. Right. I mean, we haven't gone any further than that just yet, but (laughs) you would think that you'd be good to go, but there is a little bit of fine tuning and re-engineering and, 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 and you can kind of see it and get a little bit of respect for the fact too. Like now imagine doing this on, whistler or you did inside the house where they've got to go through all this r&d and all this coding and everything else i mean the operating system that's a freebie right op20 uh, op25 that's that's also no charge uh what flavor by the way of op25 are you using the bat boat uh, um yeah boat bot yeah boat bot, that's what it is okay okay and uh yeah so i'm using a his for for me it was it was working the best I did at some point I did compare both forks, but I found that well since I live in a simulcast area area so I have like a four a unit unit four thirty six and I cannot hear anything right because I even have it like an external antenna it still doesn't work so that's why I needed something reliable mm-hmm. so um so yeah I did compare both forks. Well, the original from Osmocom and the one from Budbod, and the one from Budbod was actually better. Well, at signal processing and right. for simulcast, so that's why I went this way. But personally, I think the Osmocom fork, well, the Osmocom uh, version of OP25, well, the web interface just looks better. Like it, it actually looks like a scanner for like research purposes. Uh, the one from Budbot, it's it. I think it's pretty, it's pretty basic, and okay. I personally I added like a dark mode and uh, and uh, yeah. I, well, since I have like a a um, three point five inch screen, touch mm-hmm. screen actually. Was, so like a question I had for you. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to uh, to fit everything on a well three point five inch screen. So mm-hmm. I had to delete some buttons. Uh, like some tables that I had to put like below, uh, below like the, uh, I don't know, like the interface. Okay. And uh, yeah, just, and it was like a, a white inter- interface, but like at night, it wasn't that good. It was okay. pretty bright. So I opted for a, a darker, uh, darker, darker theme. Okay. And uh, yeah, now it really looks good. Nice. For me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, 
So yeah, so we're building this thing up. Now the the touchscreen, I guess, is that that plugs into the GPIO header. Is that where that's exactly. going into? Uh-huh. And um, how do you figure? I mean, so it's touchscreen. So it's now a two-way interface device, basically. It's it's showing you data and you're manipulating what's on the screen. So is that built into OP25 or that's a separate piece of now program that you have to run in the middle that you had to code or you had to add on top of things? Like, how does that work? No, it, it's it's not built around OP25. The touchscreen, actually, I just bought it off Amazon. It was, mm-hmm. uh, it was coming with the software as well. I just had to download it and uh, install it, but it was pretty easy to install. It's pretty and then, straightforward and it works pretty good, I think. Okay. But there's mapping involved, right? When you press in this area, it maps to the... I, the I didn't have or... to do any coding oh, really? around that. The software was just already working for... Very for nice. Me. Very cool. So that, that yeah, that was always an issue with me. Like I, I've never really played around with touchscreen displays because I've always been afraid of like, oh, <laughs> you know, there's another another uh, rabbit hole to, to kind of dive into here but that's yeah, that's exactly. cool so you've got you've got the uh interface on there because again i've i've used the boat bod boat boat bod right i always get a back i, I, I bod, think boat the, bod, whatever that's it is. what i see okay um you use his <laughs> and he's very active too on radio reference if you have any questions about op25 he's very quick to answer um his his website or the the um uh, GitHub, right? Page yeah. is, is, is pretty well documented as far as everything and uh, very helpful to get things going. So it's not programming. I mean, well, let's put it this way. The audio that comes over normally is really good that comes out of OP25. I mean, it's it it rivals a scanner. I think it Definitely. works much better Definitely. than DST Plus as far as what you're going to get out of it for how little horsepower it because again, Raspberry Pi. I mean, it's like it works really well. And, and, and people may think that uh, OOP25 may use like a, a lot of CPU, uh, a lot of CPU. It doesn't actually. Mm. For me, it. I'm just running one one uh, P25 Phase Two system. Sometimes it's active. I'd say it idles at like maybe like 20, 20 to thirty percent. And okay. when it's decoding a transmission, it's between 35 and 40%. So again, it's, it's right. pretty uh, impressive. For and small you're device. listening to one talk group at a time, right? It's not like... Exactly. Okay. Nice. So let's talk about the programming of it. Uh, or do we cover everything with the radio? So you've got, I mean, the antenna with Jack would be like a pigtail, I guess, to a BNC or an SMA right off the back of the, uh, the RTL stick. Exactly. It's, um, it's an, power it's supply an... is what the five volt power supply for the Pi and, or is no, it... actually ah. the, the, the power supply, it's uh, it was also a, a, a small issue for me because okay. some may know that I have built, uh, actually four versions of the, of the scanner. The first one was the, uh, was the big uh, black, uh, I don't know, like the uh, portable scanner that uh, that uh, I made in back in 2019. I think it was August 2019. And uh, people may remember this because it was the first one that I've made. But for me, this version was like too big. It was too bulky and the sound wasn't that good. So uh, I have to decided to do a second version which wasn't released actually. It okay. was 
just like I just switched to the third version, but the, the second version was using more like a lithium uh, iron battery, like okay. a big, a big like uh, uh, battery. But for some reason, the audio still wasn't that good. And uh, just like it was using five volts, but the battery was 3.5, uh, 3.7 volts. So like I had to boost the, the voltage, but since I was already drawing enough current, the battery wasn't able to uh, to deliver this much current. And e even that, it, was, it would still uh, discharge very fast. Mm. And it wasn't that reliable, especially on the audio, because for the audio, I'm using a, uh, a like a 15 watt um, amplifier. So like 15 watt on like five volts or even 3.7 volts will drain the battery very quickly. It's not that reliable. So that's why... I switched to the third version. The third version was uh, actually the uh, the uh, metallic case. Okay. I have built that. It was maybe uh, last year or like two years ago, something like that. And uh, this version was actually more re more reliable. The main thing that I have done was well, there's no battery anymore, so I needed a new power supply. And I had the choice to either use 5 volts or 12 volts. I, I use 12 volts, 12 volts because it just gives more power. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just have the choice to either use a 12 volt amp or a uh, uh, amplifier or a 5 volt amplifier. Usually uh, 12, 12 volts amplifier are, are more, uh, deliver more audio power. So that's why I went this way. And for the third version, I'd say the issue was still the audio, not that it wasn't uh, it wasn't um, loud, but mostly that it wasn't clear. I used like a cheap uh, twelve volt amplifier, and the audio still wasn't that clear, like crystal clear, and I had still some interferences, and the case well didn't look that good when <laughs> I mean, it was uh, it was made in like in uh, in uh, stainless steel and I had actually cut it like with the with, with the uh, mechanic saw so okay it wasn't it was looking butchered. that good <laughs> for me it was rough around the edges enough. right yeah exactly okay. <laughs> see for me it was good enough but still like I'm a perfectionist so I like things that to be neat right and uh, yeah and in the meantime, I, I have discovered the uh, uh, the actual amplifier that I'm using. It's it's it works really good. Okay. And there's like almost no inter interferences, and the audio is really crystal clear. So that's why I went this way. Okay. And uh, with the fourth version, which is the current one, I just I don't know. It, it just looks better. The the case is 3D printed. It's uh, PLA took like 30 hours to print <laughs> for now it's it, it does work uh, it does work good and um i have made the case around uh, autocad and sketchup then i pre 3d printed it at school very nice so the uh, difference uh, <laughs> between versions three and four is the case and then the the amplifier right the, the case and the amplifier yeah okay and well actually it's not that but uh I actually modified, well, the modified, I added a, a button on the, uh, on the pie to actually uh, 
shut down and to and to power on the Pi uh, like the the normal way. You, usually, like if you want to power off a Pi, you would just like write the sudo shutdown command, then then just remove the five volts input. But for me, it was like it, it's not. It was like it's not like a real scanner where you would just like uh, click on a button and then it powers off. Mm -hmm. So I have found a guy like uh, on YouTube, actually, he's a YouTuber. His name is Kevin Dara. He's KD circuits. And he actually uh, created a small uh, latch on latch circuit, which also shuts with this script uh, as well. It, uh, it also shuts down the, the pie, uh, the, the correct way. Okay. So I reached out to him and he sent me a, uh, a, a package and I have received it and I install it. Well, it's like a, it's, it's a small board that you plug in directly on the GPI, GPIOs. Mm -hmm. And with the code, actually what it does is that it's that when you power it, power it, power it on, uh, it latches a circuit with like transistors and it powers on the Pi through the GPIO pins. Okay. And then, uh, well, you do what you want on the Pi. And then when you click on the button, well, for the code, um, I used like a two second buffer so that if you click the button within two seconds, it will uh, send a shutdown command on the, on the GPIO, well, basically, like it sends like a high signal on the GPIO. Uh, for me, I use GPIO twenty six. Okay. And then the Pi, when it senses a high, a, a high, it a, it does the shutdown command, and then, well, when the shutdown command uh, is active, it the GPIO 26 goes low and when it goes low, it unlatches the circuit and then powers, uh, powering off the five volts input. So nice. there's like no power. <laughs> <laughs> that is insane. So it's, it's amazing what you can do. And again, this all comes from, you know, I'm going to one up it now. You know, it's like everything you just, you just keep adding, keep adding, keep adding into it. That is, that is, really awesome and this is why i was excited to to get you on here and i was excited with the first version of this thing <laughs> you're like no no hold off hold off it's gonna get better from here and uh i mean i i i know that you're gonna keep going with this thing right i mean this i i could tell you you you've got <laughs> other things that you want to add to this so definitely i mean i don't want to spill the beans too much to have somebody come in here and, and steal your thunder because i want to see where you're going to take this thing Chances are pretty good that you shop online and buy things online. So whether it's Amazon or eBay or ScannerMaster, maybe you got a new radio and you're going to buy new software from Butel. You can help support the podcast with your online purchases. If you use our support page before buying things online, you can support our show without it costing you a single cent. So before you buy your groceries, your golf balls, your socks, or maybe a new radio, software, or whatever it is. We would love it if you could use our affiliate links before you make that purchase. And this will help support the show at no additional cost to you. Go to scannerschool.com support to find out how you can help us out. Thanks again. Do you feel lost when it comes to the scanner hobby? Are you looking for someone to answer your questions? 
Do you have a new radio and you need help understanding how it works? Or are you working on a big project and need somebody to bounce ideas off of? Do you need a little bit more personal assistance than what you can get from an online community? And are you looking for somebody to dedicate their attention and their time to helping you out when it comes to getting you unstuck with whatever it is that you are struggling with when it comes to the scanner radio hobby? I'm here to do just that. See, you can book me for a session right now where I'll sit on Zoom and do a video or a screen share with you just as if I am sitting across the table and helping you out. You can book your tutoring session right now by going to scannerschool.com tutoring. I can't wait to help you out. Unication's G2 to G5 pages are great additions to your radio collection. Not only can they alert you with two-tone pager activations, but they can also monitor your local P25 simulcast systems that many scanner radios have problems receiving. And of course, many of our scanner school listeners are happily using their Unication pagers to scan their local trunk systems. How do I know? Because they've reached out to tell me. My company, East Coast Pagers, is an authorized Unication, Swiss phone, and Apollo pager dealer. We not only support departments and agencies, but also the home hobby user as well. Find us online at eastcoastpagers.com. So you've got, you got to have, you have a way of powering up and powering down the unit, which was important, right? Because again, you can't just pull the plug because you're going to corrupt the card. Um, exactly. And you need a way of, of telling it like, Hey, you know, this is what I want to do here because let's talk about getting the data into the raspberry Pi, right? It's, it's more or less a Raspberry Pi is either a dumb headless terminal, not dumb terminal, but it's a headless unit, right? Or you have to SSH into it. And then that kind of is still a headless unit, but it's like you're sitting in front of the terminal, but it's still command line stuff. Or you can run a virtual desktop or you can plug a mouse, a mouse, a keyboard and a monitor to it. And then you've got the full on desktop, but you want to, this is a, a, a box, right? A black box type of setup yeah. that you've put a, you've, that you've actually put a screen onto. So it's more than like a, um, you know, like a, like the old ICOM ICR 100s with thousands that those, those are, those are black boxes with, yeah. and you need a special software on there, but you still have to be able to talk to it, right? You still have to be able to put information onto it and tell it what to do. And, and so let's, can you explain like how you set up OP 25 in order to get it to do something? Because out of the out of the oh. box, it's just you. Well, let's let's go through that the whole process. You've got you've got just a Raspberry Pi, right? Not exactly. even in your box or something like that. You've got the Raspberry Pi. You've got Raspbian on there. On there. Let's let's take it from like somebody wants to set this up and get started with it. How do they? How do they? I don't want to see it get done to yours. How, how do they get from the Raspberry Pi with a blank image on it, fresh, into OP twenty five to start? Let's let's go there. Yeah. So basically, um, you can you could just install uh, OP25 through GitHub. The mm -hmm. uh, all all of the instructions are on there, and then depending on what you want to do with OP25, you have to program your systems and the tar groups that you want to listen to, and even you have to choose the instance that you want to listen to. So basically, there are two in instances. So the first the first one is. Uh, is rx.py it's just a small receive uh, receive uh, instance and the second one is multi rx.py personally i'm using multi rx.py because it supports uh, radio id uh, mapping and uh, and also it's more reliable even boatbot said it like 
the uh, the rx.py is, is being deprecated and it's not up to date so i would i would suggest people to uh to go uh for like a final system to go uh with uh, multi rx but then you have to program the uh a, a file containing all of the infos like uh the control channel the uh mm -hmm. the knack and the tag groups that you want to listen to and then um which I think the file is good because on rx.py there's no file involved, but like it's a command line and you have to uh, to like to plug everything, uh, yeah, on the command line. And right. Well, th there's a like a trunk that has TSV file, but I don't know. For, it's uh, for multi rx, it's more complete. It's like a JSON file. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 multi layered, right? So when we look at um, setting up a scanner, right? We go through, let's, let's just take like, it's a, it's a unit scanner. We've got a favorites list, right? So that's the, that's the top of it. And then in the favorites list, we have a trunk system and this is where OP25 is, is living, right? OP25 yeah. is controlling our trunk system. Just like the scanner, we have to tell it, we want to put in these, it's a, it, it, and, and that trunk system would be the, the trunk file, the trunk CS, uh, uh, what's the whatever the extension is right they use uh but that has your whack in and your your basic information about the trunk system right if I remember correctly yeah exactly and then, and then you've got a file that has the control channels in it right so that's that's your frequency list um, and then is that well, how it works or is that, is that part is, of the... everything is just under one file it's always oh, like under it's one one file now okay yeah and then you and, had the uh, talk groups that go in there and then the radio ids right they all go into the different areas or it's been a yeah, while since so i've used op25 yeah yeah well yeah on the json file you have uh mm -hmm. like all the uh, control channels the okay. the knack and uh the uh and then you you have to refer to uh um, like uh to the file that contains all of the uh, uh group id mapping but also the whitelist so yes. you, ha you have to whitelist or or to blacklist our groups if you want to just uh, uh, search our groups, right. and then you you also have a radio ID uh, text file that you have to refer to. Then, then on the radio ID, you could just like uh, create uh, you could just in, enter the radio ID and the alias name of the mm -hmm. ID. But if you don't have the radio ID, it's not going to stop it from working. But yeah, the, the whole idea of the whitelist blacklist thing here is if you want to do a talk group lockout. So exactly. that's, that's you, you, anything you didn't want to listen to, you would just throw on the blacklist and then, you know, or anything you, you, you definitely want to listen to, you put on the whitelist, but you can, yeah. you don't have to put everything on the whitelist. But <laughs> the good thing about OP25 it, is that you, you can uh, uh, assign pr priorities for, on whitelisted talk groups. So that mm -hmm. if you want, if there are two talk groups uh, talking at the same time, then you could choose like uh, which talk group uh, has more uh, is more important to listen to, and then it would it will tune to to that talk group, right? Which I mean, for scanners, I think there's a possibility, but it, it's it's pretty limited for uh, for scanners. Yeah, it's it's a bit it's a bit weird, but it's better with the the P twenty five protocol because you do know what talk groups are active even on the voice channel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some other systems you have to be on the control channel or know what's going on. Um, but we touched on earlier too, like 
it's OP25, you think P25, but like you said, it, it does pick up other systems as well, which is really great because now all of a sudden, instead of paying for DMR or something like that, you can always add that into here. Mm-hmm. Um, but that brings up the question too. It's when you, when you load OP25, are you stuck to a site or a system or can you set up a scan list that goes back and forth? Uh, depending on how you have programmed OP25, you can uh, scan between different systems. Okay. The main issue with OP25 currently is that on a certain system, it will only lock onto one site. Even if you have programmed multiple sites, it mm-hmm. will lock on the first control channel of, the, of any site that is scanning, and then it will... Uh, it, it, it will just lock onto it. So gotcha. if you want, you can. So basically, currently you cannot uh, monitor multiple sites on one system, but you you can mon- monitor multiple system systems at the same time. Gotcha. Okay. See, I haven't played around with it well enough to to do that. I mean, if I've 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 tinkered with it, put it that way, to get familiar with it, but I have never really did a did a deep dive into it. Um, so when we set this up, right, it's, it's a lot of copying and pasting or setting up text files is really like JSON is just a formatted text file, basically. Um, and we're doing this primarily through either SSH, which is a secure shell, which allows us to use our terminal on our computer screen or putty on our windows computer and log into the raspberry Pi as if we were sitting in front of the raspberry Pi, or like we said before, we have a monitor and a keyboard and a mouse on the Raspberry Pi, and that's what we're using. Um, the Raspberry Pi 2, right, the, the, the Pi 3B, as we didn't touch on, has a network interface card built into it, but you can also add Wi-Fi to it, right? The Pi 3B doesn't have a, on a built-in Wi-Fi adapter, right? Or does it? I forget it, now. It does have a, uh, does. a okay. Wi-Fi adapter. But personally, like, what I do is that I connected, I connected on the, well, onto the Wi-Fi network and I just go and uh, I use VNC, VNC okay. viewer and VNC server. So basically VNC is like, uh, it's like seeing, uh, it's like seeing the, uh, the screen of the Pi, even though mm-hmm. that's, you're not, even though you, you, you do not have a screen on the Pi, just like a, it, uh, it images onto your computer. Right. So you've got the full GUI desktop, just like you were sitting in front of it. And it's exactly. nice too. I mean, the Raspberry Pi desktop is, if you've, if you've used Linux, you're right at home at it because it looks just like Ubuntu or, or anything else. Um, and if you're in a Windows world, poking around, you, you'll you'll start to realize where things are. I mean, it's it's not like it's a brand new language. I mean, it's I, I think it's a little bit more... Um, I think it's easier to go from Windows to to Linux on a Raspberry Pi than it is to go from Windows to Mac, right? Because Mac is, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a Mac user. I, I love using the Mac, but just the layout of it and where you expect, there's this little start menu and a window pops up and um, it, it does have that feel. Whereas when you go into a Mac environment, it's like, where am I? You know, <laughs> everything's Definitely. on the bottom and Definitely. there's no start menu on, on a Mac, you know, um, but uh, so uh, well, there's I no think- reason... Yeah. To get lost. Well, I think uh, the well Linux is more program programming oriented, whereas mm-hmm. Windows and Mac are mostly like uh, GUI interfaces of what a Linux would be. Actually, right, right. But but at this point, all three are based off of Linux. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's it's all it's all the same under the hood at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so so but that's the thing right if if we're going to manipulate anything in op25 or on your on your uh, setup you have there you really do need a, a computer involved or some sort of interface and that's why you've added the touch screen right so exactly. what can you do with your setup via the touch screen interface that you have uh, well on the, on the touch screen basically it's just to view the uh the web interface of OP25, just to know like what talk group is talking and if it's connected to the site or uh, or anything. Personally, like if I want to do any modifications, I just use like VNC or uh, okay. or Putty. But the touch screen is good as well because um, if like you're you're in a car or something, then I mean, and you don't necessarily have a a Wi-Fi connection, then you can still access the Raspberry Pi through the touch screen it's, it's interesting there's a lot of i've also seen some other people that have set up like um you know a, an android uh I, I don't know if it was an android app they were working on but that was supposed to play with the op25 through a wi-fi bridge or oh. if they're doing something but i mean it's it's open source uh you're on linux i mean if somebody you know had the programming skills and knowledge i mean the what they can do with this is is unbelievable but um, I've said it before, you know, on, on the podcast and, and through live feeds and whatnot, but I think this is where the hobby's going. Like, yeah, you've got Uniden doing their thing and you've kind of got Whistler doing something. Um, they're still, I mean, they're still around, they're still doing things, but they, they don't really seem like it's progressing with, with what they'll, you know, on the next level, but we've seen like SDRs and software like Unitrunker and OP25 and, DSD plus and um, SDR trunk, which again is multi-platform trunk radio there. Um, we've seen spin-ups like RX, was it, was it P25RX, I think, or- uh, Yeah, P25RX. Right, which is kind of sort of based on what it is you're doing there. It's, it's still OP25 based. Um, but I think that, you know, where, where things were going back to their roots, right? Apple- guy in the garage right microsoft <laughs> right didn't guy i mean you're kind of doing the same thing right you're you've you've got this idea like i'm going to take a raspberry pi and i'm going to use open source software and i need to be able to listen to you know this simulcast system you're a student you're on a budget and i've talked to other people too that have done the exact same thing that they've set up a raspberry pi and they're streaming it and that's as far as you get with it you've taken this now to the next level Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, you're going to take it to another level and another level. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to see if, if it gets to a point where it becomes something, you know, that, you know, gets that next, you know, wh where, where are you, are you, is it something that's going to be commercially available? Is it something that's going to be bought out by somebody else? Is it something that will just be plans will be available for somebody to purchase and download? I mean, there's, You've got options here, man. I mean, it's, I know it's all fun, but there's, you do something with this. I mean, this is, this is really um, fun part of the hobby, though. I mean, the tinker and, and, and with just getting in the amateur radio side of things, right? This is what amateur radio has always been building your own radios. And, um, you know, it's, if you look at the very simple radios that were built in the 1930s and the 20s, and, and you know, it's, it's just a, a coil and, you know, it's a, a simple L. It's an LC circuit, right? I mean, exactly. That's that's what it was, and I mean, we're we're much further than that, you know, <laughs> the technology. But um, 
you know, building something in your garage or your basement or, you know, your bedroom or whatever, you know, it's, this is radio. That's what the hobby is all about. Exactly. So, um, and for now, uh, I, I'm just receiving uh, communications, but I know that OP25 does support transmitting. So <laughs> uh, I know that uh, I think Matt Ames, I think he's, uh, he's Australian or something. He was part of the OP25 project. And he did test the P25 uh, transmitting and it was working. So he was using a USRP device. Okay. Uh, it was like Eater's technology or something. And uh, yeah, maybe like the, the next version would be like it with the uh, transmitting. So th <laughs> that, that would be nice. Nice. So, but, but you are still, I mean, you're not just sitting, are, are you sitting back now and just enjoying version four or, but, or do you have plans for version five? I mean, where are you? Currently, I, no, I'm just going to sit with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty happy with it, but uh, it does have some issues. Basically, like uh, I know that it's pretty noisy, mm. like uh, in terms of, uh, of EMI, uh, okay. electromagnetic and magnetic interferences. So basically the, uh, the, the downside of this unit is that it's basically deaf on uh, on the VHF band? Oh, I think okay. it's because of the power supply. Like when I turn it on and I have a second uh, SDR nearby, I, I can pick up the interferences and I basically see nothing on the VHF band. So gotcha. I have to I have to do some uh, further further uh, testing on that. I'm pretty sure it's from the uh, from the uh, power supply unit but okay i'll see that's that's part of the problem too with a lot of this stuff yeah. right you get these power supplies and they just oscillate and exactly. yeah it, it's but it's it's uh what you've got there is is a pretty pretty interesting piece of hardware you got there you definitely pat yourself on the back if uh, we weren't across the border and across the screen, I'd certainly shake your hand over yeah. uh, what it is that you put together. So, um, I mean, you've posted pictures of this on, on several Facebook groups. I know I've seen you on there. That's how kind of we kind of uh, cross paths on there. And uh, we'll share some pictures online with, with this episode. And we'll, we'll definitely have some pictures come up on the screen. But if anybody has any questions for you or they want to tackle this on their own, I mean, What's a good way either to, for them to get started or uh, for them to reach out to you? Because I'm sure that uh, yeah, definitely, you know, definitely. Well, to get, you know, there's questions, more questions than 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 I've asked you here. So yeah, well, first of all, I just encourage every, everyone like if 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 you want to do a project like like this, then just go for it. Like mm -hmm. you have nothing to lose, and you'll learn a lot. For me, I've learned a lot for the past three years. And um, it's really fun, like to like. There's a problem. Okay, what should I do? Where is it coming from? What's the solution? What's the cheapest way of solving the problem? And what's the best way of solving it? And then, uh, yeah, just and then you, you can meet like new people. You ask questions on groups, and uh, some people help you, and then the uh, the private message you, and then they they give you some information that that are really helpful for the project. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. And that's, people, again, going back to radio, right? Yeah. You, you, you exactly. get to a certain point, then you learn something new and you apply it and you learn something new, then you apply it. I mean, it's all, 
yeah, it's, it's all what it's about, right? That's why it's yeah. a hobby. <laughs> Definitely. And if people want to, uh, want to reach out to me, then they can just text me on Facebook or on messenger at Joey Apsi. And I'm pretty active on there or even uh, on the radio reference. My, uh, my username is MTL emergency. So if anyone wants to reach out to me, then go ahead and uh, I'll be very happy to, to uh, answer your questions. Also, I'm currently building a website with, uh, with the complete infos on that. So that will be available uh, one half time to, uh, to finish it. So Nice. So yeah, if you, if you don't mind, whenever you have some time or when you get to a certain point, just pass that information along to me. And then Definitely. we'll update the show notes, uh, you know, in the description of this, uh, the podcast with that website when you, when you have it ready to go. So we'll, we'll make sure we, we circle back on that one. So, so Joey, is there anything else that you'd like to bring up before we, uh, we separate for today? Part of, part of the challenge was that to fit everything into just one like box or like one small box, like a Raspberry Pi is pretty big and the power supply and the speaker. So that was pretty challenging for me, but I did manage to fit everything. So that's good. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, also, also the downside of, your, of using a Raspberry Pi is that it does take some time to boot up. So uh, I have, uh, for now, it takes like a, exactly a minute from the time that I power it on, then I have, uh, and it's connected to the site. Mm -hmm. So, um, so you're not there's be that turning as it on well. and, and yeah, and be off to the races right away. But it is a computer. I mean, you got to remember that, right? It's exactly. going to take, take a little bit of time for it to boot up. So, the yeah, the Raspberry Pi is not exactly quick <laughs> when it when it wants to boot up. <laughs> so yeah, definitely. Yeah. And um, I have calculated like the total. Uh, uh, the total cost of the scanner, like with oh, okay. the case and everything, and it's about like two fifty Canadians, so it's, it's like one eighty USD. So again, all. it's 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 not that cheap, but it's still better than like I don't know, like a unit unit scanner or something, and right. it's pretty reliable. So, right. so that's, again, that's it, right? It's it, just to put it into a perspective, right? You say it's say it's about $200 US, right? Give or take, depending on inflation and everything else. I mean, if somebody comes yeah. here five years from now, it's going to be 250, right? US. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's not going to get you the same, at least current in its current form. It's not going to get you to like SDS 200 level of user interface and experience and everything else, but it's a fraction of the cost that, and then, but there's also that gratification too. Like I built this. You yeah, know, definitely. I, I did this and, you've and built it. A lot you, of it. Yeah. You've built this and you've learned from it. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, when you learn something, it's doesn't have a price tag on it. Exactly. And, and, <laughs> and you've just seeing what it was that, that, that you were building. I was kind of like, I want to do my own, but now I'm speaking <laughs> to you about it. I'm like, I really want to do my own. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see, we'll see where that goes, but hopefully, you know, we've, we've brought that out into other people as well. Like just, just hearing what it is that you've been doing and how it, how it, it's, it's grown. And one last question I have for you is, um, did you design, did you have in mind how big you wanted this to be and then tried to fit it into that? Or did you say, okay, these are all the components I have here. This is a case that it would have to be because you, because again, you modeled the case. Yeah. So which way did you do? Was it the chicken or the egg? I mean, 
did how did you uh, design it? I think I may have used like both uh, techniques. Like uh, like I had I had the parts and everything, but it was to find the 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 smallest way to fit them into once into one case. Mm-hmm. So like when uh, when the SDS two hundred was out, like I, I was like that looks like a pretty good scanner and also like Mo- Motorola Apex radios and everything. So I was like, I want, I want to do something like that as well. So, right. With my, uh, with so that's, that I, was your criteria then to, to, to stick with a standard exactly. radio size. Okay. Exactly. Makes sense. Because in the future, I may want to maybe install it in a car or something. So it's, if it's like standard, then it will be uh, easier to mount it in a car. Mm-hmm. So. Nothing's easy to mount to a car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the way everything is with the dashboard is, and, and there's no flat surfaces anymore, right? It's all, it's all curved. You may, yeah. you may end up tucking it under the seat and then doing a remote, you know, a, a phone or a tablet or something like that, just, you know, on a little phone mounted stand. And, and I mean, that may be the interface. You know, yeah. but the brain stay under the seat or something like that. I mean, yeah, and yeah, and I was thinking about that, and maybe like in the future, I may want to just uh, do the radio and then like uh, Apex radios, and then uh, create a remote mount with mm-hmm. a speaker that is uh, is mounted like on the dash, right. which is way smaller. I just need like a touch screen and a few buttons. And the the scanner, uh, the actual scanner would be mounted like maybe in the trunk or something. Right, yeah. right. And at that point too, then all of a sudden now the the that whole amplified circuit is now removed, and maybe the noise source is gone, or at least exactly. the size goes down, and the power requirements. And yeah, I mean, it's Rev Four B, right? <laughs> <So> <laughs> something else to think of. See, we we've, we've already started now. The, the next, the next. Uh, you know, uh, the, the path down of another one. So that's really, really cool. I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm very interested to see where this goes. I, I wish you the best of luck with, you know, continuing this and, and uh, keep up the good work, man. It's, it's like, it's like, I'm, I'm glad you said, hold off <laughs> for me and you to speak because you're right. There was a lot of changes you've made to it and, and uh, congratulations on, on being able to Thank put you together. Very much. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Be proud of it, man. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Thank, thank you so much for being here. And again, it will put your contact information down in the notes. And uh, again, maybe we'll circle back again and see what's uh, what's brewing uh, later down uh, down the road. Definitely. All right, man. Thanks again. Thanks. Joey, I'm so happy that you took a little bit of time and talked through what it was that you built. I think this is a major accomplishment. I think this is where the scanner radio hobby is going. And I think we're going to see more people that are inspired to do what it is that you did. So again, thanks for taking the time to be on today's podcast and also our video cast on YouTube. Anybody who's watching just the audio only version, please head over to YouTube so you can see the images that were displayed on what the scanner looked like that Joey was uh, was sharing with us. And of course, you can find Joey's contact information in the description of this podcast episode. So with that, please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss next week's podcast. Before we wrap up this week's podcast, I want to take a minute here to thank all of our Patreon supporters. 
Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Altrack, Arthur Heron, Bill Kay, Bob Robs, Bob Middleton, Brandon Sammons, Brian King, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Dave Dombrowski, David Pasco, David C., David Kuznetsky, Danny Crotty, Dylan Hyder, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramblett, Glenn Dabos, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, Guy Lee, I Hate Junk Mail, Jack Haycock, Jacques Berry, Jake Jacobson, James Broxson, James Felling, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeod, Jeff Waldrop, Jenny Taylor, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, Joe Curtis, Joe P., John Cordov, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Sheldon, John Derby, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R., Mark Beebe, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Michael Meadows, Mike Lopez, Mike Piltz, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Teal, Raymond Hill, Rich Palomari, Ronnie Box, Sal Marandola, Scott Lefgrand, Terry Wright, Tim Mazza, TJ, Todd Glendie, and William Arcand. Find out more about Patreon and our support tiers by visiting scannerschool.com Patreon. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you again next week. 73.